I don't know if Nate Miller and I are going to be big debaters. Like, I just like me and him. Like, if you sit me here with Drew, I will debate all day because he's so contrary. And it's like, I'm just like, how could you have that strong of an opinion on anything? It's insane to me that you have that strong of an opinion. And I feel like we would just be like, yes, that's wise. Yeah, yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better. So together we can be a little better. Welcome to the A Little Better Podcast. My name is Michelle, and I am filling in for Bradley, who is out on vacation today. And I'm joined by Nate Miller. He's our Webster Campus pastor. Uh, Nate, we've been digging into what a series that's called My First Christmas. Um, and we've been seeing these amazing videos of people who have been experiencing their first Christmas as a Christian. But your sermon isn't 100% about that. So can you just get us up to speed in 60 seconds? Tell us about what you talked about on Sunday. Yeah, so this whole sermon series of My First Christmas is trying to get us back to that sense of awe and amazement and wonder that, you know, if you can remember, think back to your first Christmas of what that was was like. But doing it through the lens, though, of really understanding who Jesus is through the names of Jesus. And so one of the things that we've been doing over these last couple of weeks is looking at the name. So the, this past week, Isaiah 9-6 was the passage that I had, which was one of the most well-known passages of Scripture when it comes to the holiday season. And I really tried, there's actually four names that we see there in Isaiah. I tried to take that first one of wonderful counselor and just try to unpack that of what would this have meant to the nation of Israel when they hear Isaiah saying this? And then also then what are the implications and what does that mean for us today that Jesus actually came and was and is the wonderful counselor of God in person lived out. And so how does that, how does that impact our lives today? And then also how does that impact Christmas and how we approach and think about Christmas. Yeah, I love the names of God, the wonderful counselor. Um, those four names, actually, I think I lost a trivia question last year at community group Christmas party because I mixed them all up. Um, you had to you had to name the four. Oh, you had them in the right in order. In order, oh, yeah. and I had them definitely in the wrong order. And I think I might have I think I might have mixed up some other names. So we did have one person who got them all spot on. Wow, that's like, impressive. Good on him yeah. for knowing them all four in order. That's great. Um, so what did you what did you leave on the table? What are the things Things that you wish you had had time. I know we always say we have 25, 30 minutes to, to share sure. on a Sunday morning. Like what else is there that you were excited about as you read and studied about the character of God? Yeah. I mean, I think the things that immediately come to mind were just some examples that I, I had that didn't make their way in or made their way out. They were in, but you know, because of whatever constraint or time or the way that the message yeah. shaped together, but just some examples of like the like the wonderful counsel of God and how that's different. One example that I was going to mention was, um, so wonderful counsel, right? It's different. It's above, it's this astonishing, it's beyond our expectations type of counsel that often goes different from what we think. And so I remember back to when Emily and I, we were in pre-marriage counseling and our pre-marriage counselor was just talking to us about generosity and giving back to God and really challenged us and pushed us to like 10%, make a commitment, make a promise to one another. And I remember Em and I sitting there looking at one another and like, you know, cause you're thinking about the reality of this, like 10%, like I'm just going to always, we're always going to give back to God. 
that's, that's a lot and that's a long time. And you start thinking about what you could do with that over time. And it was a hard one for us to swallow. But I remember that look of like, and the counselor wasn't telling us because he thought this was a good idea. You know, he walked us through this reality of like, man, it's this posture of just always living your life open-handed. And that when you live that way, you're saying, God, everything we have is yours. And we're also saying, we want to invest in you and in your kingdom because we want our hearts to go that direction. And so we want our marriage and our lives to go that direction. But I still yeah. remember just Em and I really wrestling with like, are we really going to do this? And even as I do pre-marriage counseling now with couples, and we get to that part of the counseling of like your life and finances and stewardship, it's one of those like, am I going to submit to, like, am I going to do this? What God? Are you going to you know? follow that yeah. counsel? Yeah. So there was yeah. those examples of just like times where we've bumped into the wonderful counsel of God and like the implication of like, am I going to do this or not? And yeah. so I think it was things like that or just other life examples that uh, come to mind of even, even like looking for affirmation instead of counsel. You know, many conversations I've had with people that are just like, you can just tell they're not, they really aren't open to counsel. They just want affirmation to continue to head down whatever direction. So those, I guess, are some things that come to my mind of just more the the practical, um, more examples of life that just didn't make their way in or made the cut. Yeah, lots of good stories. Good stories right. got cut. I understand. Um, you you mentioned some really great verses from Isaiah. And like in these verses, the people of Israel are basically saying to God, you know, your prophets are telling us stuff that we just like yeah. don't want to hear. I mean, it's so clear and direct. Right. It's like, we don't want to hear that. We only want to hear, and I think the, pa- the passage said, pleasant things. Right. Only tell us pleasant things. Don't tell us anything we have to do. And I just was wondering, like, how do you see that in us? Where, where are you seeing that in us where we're kind of saying to God, we don't, we don't want to hear all of that. We just want to hear the right. good stuff, God. Where's sure. the love? Where's the joy? Where's the peace? Dude, I, yeah, I hear that. I, there was a statement, I forget who said it once, but it was like, you know, the things in life that are worth pursuing rarely come easily. And that's a statement that has always stuck with me. And I think part of that is the reality of just our nature, my nature. I'm always bent towards comfort and me and what I want or what I think is best. And oftentimes, you know, God's counsel or advice to us is pushing us away from ourselves. but it's kind of like, man, put God and put others, others first. And so I think where that gets hard is like, sometimes I just don't want to say no to myself. I want to take the easy way out or I want mm-hmm. to just please myself rather than doing what God wants or putting the needs of someone else before my my own, but you know, yeah, you think of what Israel said, like that whole statement of like prophecy illusions, like they got to a place of like, just, just make up stuff that makes us feel better that we even know isn't, we know it's not real, but we don't care because we want to hear things that make us feel And so it it could be even too, just like, well, yeah, I'm okay. I don't know that God's really going to bring the hammer down on my life or is he really capable of what he's going to do? So if I just live this way a little bit longer, right? Look at the people around me. They're doing okay. They're successful. Mm -hmm. And so I think some of those prophecy illusions or like just wanting to ignore the truth, but just be comfortable could be so much of, I think, just of what we see often in the world around us, that success in the world's eyes can look very different than truly what God defines and sees as successful in our lives. So we coast or we go our own way. We can do the very same thing. I can do, yeah, that very 
so easily fall into that very same mindset. Yeah. And I think like that word affirmation, man, that is just such a hot button word, right? Like to affirm, like to me means not, I see you, I see what you're doing and I'm good with it. Like, I'm going to give you a thumbs up on that. You do you, you go sure. ahead. Right. And I, and I know there's two words that I've heard used, um, in, as far as, as far as, you know, ministering to others and that's accepting people where they are and then challenging them toward a next step. That's great. And I, and I, I always try to think about what is that word affirmation and, and how do we, how do we love people well without saying, oh no, you don't have to listen to the wonderful counsel of God. Right. Because mm-hmm. that, that counsel is good, but it's not easy. Yeah, It's sure. really hard. That 10% for you and Emily, man, that is just a big lifelong right. commitment, right? Sure. Or maybe it's what God says about sexuality or what God says about the ways that we need to treat family members that we're not getting along mm-hmm. well with, right? And all these different things that come up, especially at the holidays, sure. everything oh, gets man. heightened and everything is coming up. And, you know, I guess, I guess I just think, that accept and then challenge. We, we do love people. God loves us even as he's giving us mm-hmm. difficult, difficult counsel to right. follow. Yeah. Right? And that affirmation, it can be like, if you're in a position where you're talking with someone and you can sense that they're really just looking for affirmation, it, it's, it's, you can continue to pound them with, with truth there, but that's probably going to push that f- person further away, which is where I feel like the leading by example or leading by questions sometimes can even just be a practical way to like, how do you handle someone that really isn't looking for counsel? And they just want affirmation. You want to be a good friend and a good friend is like what you just said of like accepting them for where they're at, but also loving them enough to like try to challenge them and to, man, God does have his best in mind for you. And you want to help them see and experience that. It definitely it definitely can be tough. And obviously we can never change anybody, but I think some of those questions or some of the like just life example can help someone who's just looking for affirmation begin to say like, or be open to, man, maybe I really do need to consider a change or this counsel or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. might be, but it's one, really You tough. know, one of the other things that um, is really important to remember is that the counsel the counsel that we're receiving is from a counselor. It's from the person of Jesus, yeah. right? So it's not that it's all about this self-help advice that we're receiving from the Bible. Right. It's that we are drawing near right. to the creator. Yeah. And as we're close with him, he gives us counsel through the Holy Spirit. He gives us peace. And right. if we are far away from him, we might get to do some things that we want to do. We might get to enjoy mm-hmm. some sin, but then we're also far away and right. and he is the holder of our peace. Yeah. I've been thinking about that so much this Christmas season. Jesus is the holder of my peace. And the closer I am, the more peace That's I feel mm-hmm. and the further I get from him and do things, you know, just for myself a little bit, I, I'm getting further and further away from that sense of peace. So what would you say to people, you know, I'm sure in your seat as a, as a pastor, you talk with lots of people who are seeking counsel, maybe who are seeking affirmation. Uh, how do you see that play out differently for long-term Christians versus people maybe who are brand new to faith? Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's obviously case by case based on that person and really the situation that they have, have themselves in. But I, 
I, you know, I, one of the things I try to always do in my own life and encourage others in my counseling is just always kind of pushing back to Jesus. You know, I Mm -hmm. even talk about that in my, in my message of like, if you want to know peace, just like you said, or you want to know what the wonderful counsel of God looks like lived out, study the life of Jesus. And again, how amazing is it that it, we don't just have the law or a textbook, but you have it lived out in the person of Jesus. Like that is so so amazing to me. In fact, I, you know, I think of people in my own life that had the most impact and influence on my life where they didn't just tell me what I needed to know or do, they lived it out. You could see it evident in the way that they live their lives. And so I think whether you're walking with Christ for a little bit or you've been walking with um, Christ for a long time, like coming back to, if you're looking for counsel or you're looking for wisdom, looking at the life of Jesus is just always kind of a go-to discussion piece or study piece that I've, I've tried to encourage myself and others with that are trying to figure out life or do have questions or are wondering what, yeah, decision they might need to make on a, on a particular area. And sometimes it's not black and white. It's not like here is the answer, but there's principles though that you can see of just trust and, and dependence on God too. And the timing of God that even as we wait, we can still have that sense of understanding and peace in our lives. But I mean, I'm always just, I guess, encouraging people look and study the life of Jesus is always a great, a great starting place. Yeah. Those are great suggestions. You know, I think so many of us are trying to listen for the voice of God. We want to know what we should do. I mean, I remember so many times praying like, what's my next step, God? What do you want me? I'll do it. Just tell me what it is, right? We just want that clear direction. And I think there's so many Christians just seeking that diligently and wanting Mm -hmm. to know that. Um, For those people out there who are listening and and they want to know and follow, you know, the voice of God, they want to be following the way of Jesus. How, how do you see people stifling that? Maybe they want that, but they feel like they're not getting it. Like I'm striving after this, but I just don't feel like I understand what I'm supposed to do, or I don't feel like I am, I'm not feeling close to God emotionally or spiritually. What do you think could be happening that's stifling sure. that? I know that's a, that's a great question. And I think, I guess a couple things come to, you know, my mind that like waiting is hard. And also whenever there's like uncertainty or there is a gap, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to fill that gap with questions or doubts rather than truly believing that God knows what's best for me and that he's actively present in my life right now, even in the midst of this gap, because when you're in a gap, it feels like he's distant or he isn't there. Right. And that, that is where I think I, I, I've often talked to people about like circumstantial faith and foundation, foundational faith. So like circumstantial faith is like when you get into those gap moments in life where there's a gap between what you're desiring or wanting or a prayer request and God's voice or answer, circumstantial faith tends to think like, well, God is displeased with me, or I have done something bad, or God is good if things are good, or God is bad if things are bad. Like, And so when you get in those gap moments, man, people's faith can really shift um, back and forth. But I think as we grow and we learn to depend on God and trust in Him, hopefully we develop this foundational faith that's rooted not in the activity of God, but it's rooted in the identity of God. And there's a big mm, difference good. there because activity that's is like, really good. oh, 
you're interpreting life events that are outside of our control to say God is good or bad. Or he is pleased with me or not. Yeah. Or I've done something. Right. But if you root it in his identity, and so that's where you go back to Jesus. You go back to his word and we know he's good. We know he's the Prince of Peace, everlasting father, mighty God. Then it helps in those gap moments to trust. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think about the giants of the faith, like, you know, Esther, she got captured and taken to some king and like stuck in this harem. Like that's not my game plan for my life. I can tell you that. But but she followed and she followed God. Right. mm -hmm. And so I think there's so many things that have happened to giants of the faith. And we see, um, we see that happening all around us all the time. And I think that's so wise that we can't interpret the, the, maybe lack of the answers that we're looking for from God or the circumstances that are happening to us as God's absence. Um, You know, I I think a lot about this, like this need that we have for God. And I, I always want that need to kind of go away. Like, God, I'm feeling like I don't have the answers or I have this neediness for you. So my hope is that you're going to come in and give me the solution so that I feel whole. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that I will feel whole when I draw near to the person of Jesus Mm -hmm. and rejoice in the neediness that he has given me because he is that completion piece. And so that, that drawing need is just, it's mm-hmm. always, always the answer, but it is almost never the answer I'm looking for sure. when I, when I get started. It's so the true. Journey. Yeah, it's so true. It can, and again, that's where I feel like he's all, even Jesus in his teachings, he's always kind of that pressing in like mm-hmm. your motivation, your heart, not just the behavior. Behaviors are important, but there's, so being able to know and trust that like, man, there's something here. God's trying to help me see and understand that is beyond just what I'm seeing, but it's internal, it's part of my heart is uh, yeah, a good thing yeah. to keep in mind. I love that. Yeah, another quote that I loved from your sermon was, God will wonderfully counsel me to mess up my life. Uh, you're talking about the ways that sometimes the wonderful counselor that God gives us um, can be disruptive to the ways that we're living, especially in areas or segments of our life where we've just been kind of living in sin or accepting that we're not doing things, you know, 100%, but we're just happy at 80%. We're mm-hmm. happy giving a little less or we're happy just leaving tension in a relationship and God is starting to to press us press in on those situations so tell tell me a little bit more about that God mm. will wonderfully counsel me to mess up my life yeah and that mess is a good thing right because it's so easy for me to like be headed down a path and thinking like this you know will bring fulfillment or not even bring fulfillment but there's just actions and behaviors that just kind of become part of my my life where Jesus is just saying there's a better way. There's there's greater things to be able to occupy your life or your your mind with. And it could be as simple as like I think one of the things I felt so convicted with lately is just the uh, you know, the relationship that I have with this and like technology where that's I can his be phone to those sorry, of you who aren't watching. You guys saw that He's or holding not. his okay. phone. Oh yeah, it to fits the perfectly in his hand, you know. <laughs> But those are times where, at least for me, God is wonderfully messing up my relationship with my phone of even just like when I get home of like, it can't be present with me or on my person or on my body. Like I have to to put it somewhere. Why is that? Well, I think Jesus wants me to be present with my family and to be present with my kids. And I'm already feeling like, man, I have a daughter next year going into high school and like you're counting down the days. And it's like, I can so easily sacrifice amazing moments and things with my family for 
Instagram or whatever, ESPN or whatever it might be that Mm -hmm. Jesus is wonderfully messing my life up. I say, Nate, man, think about who you're being present with and how you're using your time. And um, that I know is one example God's just working on in my life where I can, and it's not even like I'm like setting out for this course and I'm making, or I've determined to make this bad choice and head down this path. It's just even like, in little things and big things, he wants to, again, always bring us back to what's best for us and how do we get our eyes on Jesus and be able to truly uh, follow him and also be in a place where we're open to that nudge and that voice to be like, Nate, put your phone down. Like, am I even aware of that or sensitive to the fact that I'm being selfish with myself or my time or that? You know, and I I just think that for people who have been trying to serve God and walk with God for a long time, the enemy knows what he's doing Mm -hmm. and he's not going to come in with something really obvious. A lot of times it's something that seems good or is good that we then start to twist and distort and we make it into something that it never was meant to be or put it in a place in our life it was never meant to be in or a relationship just starts to twist and turn. And and so I, I think, you know, we have to be, uh, we have to be diligent in our prayers. I think of the prayers of David, like search me and know me and like right. see if there's any evil way in me and point that out in me. Um, I think those are great prayers mm-hmm. to pray. Um, and and then I guess I guess for those people out there who, you know, as you preached your sermon, it, it does, I was thinking about my life too. I was like, oh, let me think about all the different ways and the dis- different aspects of my life. Um, for those people who are thinking, oh, I have a thing. There's something that I need to work on. Maybe there's something that God is calling out in them. What's your encouragement? What are your verses? What are your next steps for them as they're sure. as they're thinking and wrestling through facing something that might need to change? Sure. Maybe a mess that they might need to get into. I guess the first thing would be if you're sensing that, like God has brought something to light or there's an area of your life that you know, like that is in and of itself a good sign because it means yeah. that, you're awake or aware spiritually of like, man, God might be through his spirit nudging me or bringing something to mind. So that is like step one, just to listen and to be aware of like, is there, like you just said, like, do we have this posture of just like, God, my life is yours. Search me at any point in time, search me or nudge me if there's something going on that needs to be redirected or changed. So I guess the fact that someone's feeling that I think is a really good thing. And then I guess, from there, it would just be, it could be, you know, search God's word for maybe an answer to that particular area. Seek counsel from other people. I think counsel certainly can be found in God's word and through reading the life of Jesus, but God is also at work in and through his church and through his Mm -hmm. people. So maybe it's grabbing your community group leader or a friend or a peer, or maybe even someone who's a little bit ahead of you in life that knows Jesus is walking with him and can offer advice and encouragement and counsel to you that can help in whatever area God might be revealing is like, Hey man, there's, there's an area here you really need, you know, not just ignore, but, but lean into because it's not what I have is best for you. So I just encourage you to listen and then yeah, seek help, whether that's through God's word or even, I mean, God can so powerfully speak through other people. 
yeah. in huge ways. Yeah, that's why he puts us together. Exactly. That's the point of yep. the church is for us to encourage and admonish and all, all of those different things, all those different spiritual gifts that I think you and all I were on the podcast. Too, like the, yeah. a, a little ways back talking about spiritual gifts. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's there's so many different ways that God has put us together so that we can strengthen each other to follow his counsel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just drawing near. He is the holder of our peace. In that in that passage in Isaiah, he says he is the prince of peace. That's right. And that's so true for us today and for our lives. And I just really appreciate your uh, your sermon, your wisdom, and just being in church family with you. Appreciate you. Um, so yeah, this, you know, this Christmas season, I don't think we need any more of that. Chat GPT, Google, all that stuff you were chatting about in our lives, but rather we just need that wonderful counselor. Uh, thanks for joining us on the sure. podcast. Glad today. to be here. Thanks, yeah. Michelle. Yeah, and uh, you guys, we have one more week of a little better podcast left in this year, so you can join us next week for our last podcast of 2023.